And we are live, Grizz We're Nation. Going? We are going. Yeah, uh, we cool. have a great, great episode today. We are fortunate in enough to have associate head coach uh, Jay Lanham, uh, goalkeeper extraordinaire, uh, and you will see him on the the pitch. Uh, do, we, do we call it the pitch in, in America? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like that. I like that. I'm I'm happy with field. Like when parents are okay. Scared, I'm happy with that, but. But the true term that we love to use is pitch for sure. See, see, Angel, I'm learning, man. I'm oh, learning. It's, it's hey, we're growing, brother. <laughs> we're going in the right direction, man. Oh, man. It's good to have you on. We've had uh, head coach, Coach C, on. And uh, yep. we, I, I love following you on, on, on Twitter, man. You've got mm-hmm. some great stuff. And uh, yeah. we're just so thankful to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. The honor is mine, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all put out really good stuff and um, keep people real informed on what's what's really taking place at, at Montana. And that's pretty cool. Well, well love to hear it, that. brother. I guess right yeah. off the bat, man, how, how did you and Chris meet? <laughs> Crazy story. Um, so I was coaching at Northern Colorado. I was the uh, part-time assistant there. It was my mm-hmm. first Division One coaching job. And he was the associate head coach at um, North Dakota. And we went mm-hmm. up there to play in one of the most unfun games I've ever coached <laughs> in my life. It was freezing. It was the the ground was just rock solid. No one wanted to be there. The rest didn't want to be there. The coaches didn't want to be there. The players didn't want to be there. And of course, you're still there. Like you got it. You got to get the game. But you know, it was in it, the game ended zero zero, and it was just one of those games. Um, but at the end of the game, there was this really enthusiastic, kind-hearted dude who just came up and shook my hand, and that was the first time we we met. Um, and so. You know, that was a real quick encounter. Um, a lot of respect on the sideline, though, for each other from that first encounter. And then uh, then once we um, connected over the phone, when I saw the job opening, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was really quick, strong, um, just connection on the passion yeah. for coaching, um, the, the love for soccer and the passion and the love for coaching soccer. You know, those are kind of three different things. You, you love coaching because the, the art of coaching and the science of coaching is, is its own entity that you learn over time. And yep. then you love soccer because the game of soccer, the way it's played is when it's played well is, is, a, is a pretty beautiful chess match. And then when you roll that up into coaching the game of soccer, it's pretty fun. So he and mm-hmm. I you know, geek out about the theories of coaching, the philosophies of coaching, the culture, um, you know, he's... You all have talked to him before. He's he's a nerd. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you just meet some coaches that you just can tell right off the bat that are born to be in that position. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think just being able to speak with him the first time I did, obviously I didn't really play soccer like that. I grew up yeah. playing it a little bit, but obviously f- football, but that was my that was my go-to, yep. you know? Yep. And then just right off the bat, it was just one of those things. I was just like, man, Coach, Coach Chris is meant yeah. to pl- be in the role in a position yep. to, you know, influence p- people when it comes to soccer, man. And I think sure. that's super, super powerful right off the bat that you get that feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. It's so true. And and it's it's one of those things where we'll have a few days in a row that don't even involve the soccer field. You know, we're just in the office mm-hmm. making sure that the business is running well. Um, but he will 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 streamline some new things. We'll come up with some new models to help the business run well, the recruiting one run well, the alumni relations run well. And, you know, it has nothing to do with the actual game of soccer itself. And we're all still just nerding out about the fact that we've made the machine of coaching women's soccer at Montana run smoothly. And so it's mm-hmm. fun. We, we geek out about it all the time. And, you know, mm-hmm. we like I've had the best day and mm-hmm. awesome. we're in an office. So 
Matt, I got to know this. I got to know yeah. this. And, and then uh, Adam does a really good job about just kind of reaching out to people beforehand and pulling, yeah. pulling a couple things. And one of the things that I was reading that uh, Adam and again was that Chris, he was like, you had already decided to take a job in Tennessee before yes. you decided to commit to the Grizz. Yes. I guess he said that this was supposed to be just like a quick little stop and go type of situation. Yeah. What happened during that trip that really was kind of like, man, I got to be here, even though even though you took another job already. Yeah, I, I had I had all but committed to coaching men's soccer at Belmont and Nashville. So mm -hmm. I was the volunteer assistant coach and goalkeeper coach at Vanderbilt and the head coach at Belmont. And I were rubbing shoulders on the soccer field while we were walking with or we were working with young club kids. And he liked mm -hmm. the way that I do things. Mm -hmm. And so. And when you're a volunteer coach at a power five program, you know, you're there for about a year, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you soak up as much information as you can. And then from that point on, you're like, all right, I'm ready for the next. So what's crazy is like just before that I had been offered a spot at Rice University and then that fell through in Houston, Texas. And then I was like, OK, well, maybe I'm, I'm around for a little bit longer mm -hmm. um, in Nashville, which Nashville is home for me. So I was all right with it. And then um, the head coach at Belmont. Um, contacted me and said, Hey, I have a position. It's a, it's a part-time position, but you're coaching on the men's side and it's division one. It's your step into to this side of the game. And I asked some pretty probing questions when it comes to, you know, what do you see me doing here? And, mm -hmm. and he did give me a whole lot of great answers. Um, and the, the culture and in the environment that he was talking about creating was, was cool and was, was good. And it was, it was kind of the right words, um, but I had learned from Darren Ambrose and the coaching staff at Vanderbilt that mm. culture is everything. You know, the, the environment you create, um, mm -hmm. the, the values that you share as a team is, is what matters most. And so it wasn't super convincing. It was super nice that it was in ho at home in Nashville where all my friends and family are at the time. Um, but then I came home to or I came up to Montana and I was like, I'm just going to give it a try. Let's see what happens. Um, and that was the worst decision I made <laughs> on my on my visit to, to hang out with with Chris and Katie Benz at the time. Um, I came into it, you know, just like, all right, I'm going to play it cool. I'm going to go. And then again, like Chris, Chris and I started nerding out about soccer and about coaching. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, damn, I think I'm I think I'm <laughs> Montana. And then he shared with me the responsibilities he wants me to have and the vision that he has for my career and how he wants to be a part of that. And uh, the vision he has for Montana soccer. And um, the, I met some of the players and I, mm -hmm. I've always gone outside. My parents are big outdoorsy people. Um, and so that, that, that piece was already just, I stepped off the plane and, and it was like, I could, I could live here. So just too many small things came together for me to not say yes to it. You know, mm -hmm. I, uh, I called, I'll never forget it. I was at, I was in SeaTac and I called the head coach at Belmont and I was like, Hey man, I know I told you that I'm coming there, but I'm moving to Montana. I'm sorry. He was not too pleased, but, oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But ultimately, I mean, that's, that's the coaching world. So, you know, and, and two weeks later, I'm just driving across the country in a U-Haul, you know, and just, mm -hmm. all right. Oh, it's a whole new, whole new life. So it's, it's been so awesome. And, and, yeah. and Chris has, has been above and beyond a, a friend and a mentor and a, and a good person to learn from. He's given me all the responsibilities that I could ask for. Cause that's so important for a young coach is to have yeah. responsibilities. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of young coaches, they want to go as long as they can without responsibility because it's uncomfortable at times. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but at least you're in the place. And that's, that's true. You got to, you, you definitely have to take what you can get over time as a young mm-hmm. coach, but Chris threw me into some stuff and, you know, sink or swim, ask for some help. And next thing you know, a year later, you feel very, very well established in the, in the profession. So mm-hmm. it's been, yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome, dude. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Coach, give us a little background. You know, you, you said you, you're from Nashville. Um, yeah. And, and, and you kind of gave us that that part, but, you know, give us a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, so grew up in Tennessee, north North Nashville area, um, on a farm. We had about 120 acres worth of trees and woods and crazy, goofy animals and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and played for the local club team, Tennessee Soccer Club, I believe, and then or Tennessee United, um, and then went to Union University and played there for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, had, a, had a pretty good experience. I didn't have a lot of great coaching, but I had a good experience overall. Um, and then moved to Seattle for a summer just to kind of get out of the South, which was a really good experience for me. And then came back to that same, to Union University again, uh, to be the assistant coach, um, which was crazy because that was three years worth of guys that I played with. Oh, wow. I, was, mm-hmm. I was coaching. So, um, really didn't know what I was doing then, <laughs> but how, how, how was we, that? No, like, none no, of that's hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I tell people all the time that I, I, I did not understand what coaching was until probably my fifth or sixth year of coaching. You know, you just, for, for, for those two years or two seasons that I was with union university, I was just hanging out with my buddies, kicking soccer balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> and then I had to get out of Jackson, Tennessee. Cause that is, that is not my place to live. Um, and <clears throat> got back to tenant to, to Nashville where I started uh, playing semi-pro with one of the local leagues um, while also coaching and, you know, kind of another funny side story there is I was super poor once I was back in Nashville and my friend was like, Hey, you're, you're pretty decent at talking to people. Do you want to, this job? And it was an apartment leasing agent. I was, so I was an apartment leasing agent. So I took the job and six weeks, six weeks later, I quit the job and, um, just was terrible. And it was not, yeah. but what was great about it is it, it got my, it kind of kicked my butt in the direction of coaching. You know, mm-hmm. at that point, it was like, all right, I need to start getting my coaching license. I need to start getting I, I started my master's that next summer um, and it just kind of got the wheels rolling of like, I love this sport and I love teaching other people to be better at it. I am not going to settle for anything less than 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 that job. I'm going to try and, you know, I started talking to a lot of mentors about what's the what's the coaching, what's the collegiate coaching pathway, um, you know, what's the ladder. And and so then from there, um, I got in contact with Northern Colorado and I was their part-time assistant, um, mm-hmm. which is like, like, it's so crazy how, how it all worked out because while I was with Northern Colorado, I visited Missoula, Montana, cause we're in the same conference mm-hmm. and, and it was like one of those really, really quick, weird weekend trips where it was like 24 hours. Like we came here, we came to the field, we practiced. We went to our hotel, we woke up the next day, we played, and then we flew out. But it was still 24 hours in one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have I have two photos of myself on the soccer field from 2016. Uh, when I'm just this like little stoked young coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? um, and so then, you know, soon after the the coaches at Vanderbilt and I connected and I and I moved back home to Nashville for the volunteer goalkeeping coaching position there um and then again there montana showed up on the coaching board and i applied and connected with chris small world and told him i wasn't going to come there and then all of a sudden uh, here i am <laughs> there you go bro that's, that's, awesome. that's, 
in that nutshell, there's so many different crazy little moments in between and, and around that with my playing career and with my coaching career. But that's about as, as shorthanded as I can get. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what I kind of wanted to ask, man. I guess, yeah. when did you know as yeah. a player that you were ready to kind of step away? Because I feel like making yeah. that commitment to wanting to coach and mm -hmm. being an actual player yourself, it's kind of impossible to do. You know, yes. it's one of those things where you have to make that decision. Hey, I'm going to completely step away from this because mm -hmm. this deserves all my energy and attention. Was there a yeah. moment for you or was it a gradual thing where you just were just kind of like, hey, you know what? I just want to, coaching's calling my name. Coaching's calling my name. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's a phenomenal insight on coaching and on the playing career. You know, I encourage a lot of players to get involved with youth sports mm -hmm. uh, just because you learn so much from trying to help other people understand the sport that you have a pretty good understanding of, you know? Mm -hmm. Just teaching is one of the best teachers. And yeah. so I love it. I love it when when young students get involved with club coaching. And so I was coaching club, um, but there there came a moment in my playing career where like one of the one of the big tells for me is I I, I had a two-week training camp with the Colorado Rapids. I was I was invited to train with their uh second team. And so it was pretty much a two-week tryout with that team. Mm -hmm. Um, and got to meet some of the the players at the time and work with the coaches. And, and so it was a really cool experience. But um, after one week, they told me, stick around, keep keep training. And then after two weeks, they told me to go home. So that <laughs> was, you know, a good, again, I'm very thankful for that experience. And, and a lot of that had to do with like, okay, I'm just not quite, at the end of the day, you have to wrestle with and come to grips with your developmental ceiling. And, mm -hmm. and you know, if, if I had been, you know, there, there's all these shoulda, woulda, couldas of my high school career and my earlier college career. If I would have only had a better, you know, an, an actual goalkeeper coach, if I only would have had a strength and conditioning coach, if I only would have had this and that. And, and that's not, you can go crazy asking those questions. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the best thing to do is be like, where am I now? Where am I now? And the the playing career, I finished out my playing career playing in a, in a Hispanic indoor league. And that's cool. <laughs> It was so much fun. It was so like, what's crazy also is some of the biggest crowds I ever played were played for played in front of was, was a Hispanic indoor league, like 4,000 mm -hmm. people showed up. I was the only non-Hispanic guy there. And is it harder to play indoors than outdoors? Like the ball, like has to run, go a little bit quicker, right? Yeah, And this was those rounded edges. Oh, like, oh. Balls. The game was nuts. It was one of those games where like the, the, or one of those situations where I had a little tiny semi-pro contract. I would get like a little bit of gas money, a little bit of food money. Money. You know, it was fun. I would just show up and practice once a week and play once a week and then go to go to our boss's siesta and, and weekend mm -hmm. parties. Um, hey, they know how to get down, huh? <laughs> oh, insane. They were I'm telling you, man. It was, it was so much fun. And and then at those parties, we would just play soccer the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the owner of the team uh, would every now and then just like like slip me a $100 bill if I played well. So it was like this extra little <laughs> hilarious way to end my career. But it, that was when I was... Uh, 26 i believe mm -hmm. and so it was the perfect little cap to to a good career you know and every now and then i still jump in and have fun but pretty quickly i realized that the the coaching profession being able to communicate a skill a game moment a craft and see someone else take it on and improve upon it in their own way is like that's just as thrilling to me oh yeah 
like like um and then you then you add the the importance of character development and um helping humans be better humans it's coaching is a blast i think it's i think it's the best follow-up to a to a above average playing career <laughs> mm-hmm. do you think that being like a previous player helps mm-hmm. you as a coach like i know that you, you know things but some of the best coaches like i'm, I'm thinking basketball and, yeah. and stuff like and football they're great coaches and they didn't play maybe they had some type of uh intermediary where they they learn the game but do you think you know being a previous soccer player does that help you be a coach i do yeah yeah i i'm currently reading this book right here uh pete carroll win forever okay. uh, and it's it's a phenomenal book and he didn't have the playing career that he wanted but yeah. he just was so motivated and so stoked about football and about learning and about helping people improve and about creating the environment where people learn and win together like that's so awesome i think the goalkeeping position is really unique especially the goalkeeping position because there is a an experience you have when you make a mistake and the opponent scores that only you can experience if you have truly experienced it you know mm, yeah. I have, I now have a connection with my goalkeepers that is hard for anybody else to relate to if they haven't had it. You you have, especially when it's like glaringly your fault. Like there, there are times when it's like, well, it has to, it has to get through another 10 players and, you know, people like teams score, we will get scored on, we will score goals. That's just the game of soccer. But there are moments where it's like, that was my fault. How do I respond in the next five minutes, in the next five practices, in the next five seasons? How do I take this moment and let it go, but not let it pass without trying to learn something from it? Yeah, no, it's a different type of of mistake. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can miss a block. I still got a running back to make you know one juke move and we're off to the races you know exactly. i've actually been a couple part of a couple games where i intentionally make the mistake but it ended up working for the better right. you know when it comes yeah. to goalkeeping one small twitch in the wrong direction yes. you're you know a millisecond behind that ball and before you know it it's one zero yes you know what I mean? yeah, exactly. so it's a different type of take it with a grain of salt type of conversation man yes. kind of related to to you know the cornerback you get smoked one step behind. That's a touchdown for sixty yards, and you can't do nothing but walk all the way back to your sideline. You know? yeah, with the cameras on you, like, with yeah. the cameras on you, walking head <laughs> down. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? No, yeah. the, the the conversation I have with with our recruits is: Are you truly comfortable living in a side a zero percent room for error environment? I need to know that you are okay with 0% room for error. You know, it doesn't make make us better than a forward who can miss a shot and then jog back and they'll have three or four more, but it does create a really specific mental head game. That's mm-hmm. so important. You know, if, if, a, if a goalkeeper is holding on to their last mistake, then they're not ready to make their next save. Mm-hmm. And equally, if they're not learning from their previous mistakes, then we have another problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the balance that, that goalkeepers learn of like, let go of the last one, but also learn. Yeah. How hard is that, Jay? You are the primary goalkeeper coach. That's your kind of responsibility, but you're the associate head coach as well. Yeah. But you know, if you're talking about football, you know, you have uh, different coaches that coach different things but soccer is so different that a team might have two or three goalkeepers maybe maybe that mm-hmm. how different is that where you're working and, and i guess you know you've said it to the relationship factor mm-hmm. uh how different is that we're just working with two or three players mm-hmm. that just that's just so crazy to me yeah yeah that that's where that word balance comes into play again you know i <clears throat> right now it's it's pretty exciting because cam is is such a strong strong player we we have goalkeepers coming in this next year who are going to challenge her. Yeah. We have Soph who challenges her, but she is just 
you know, she's kind of like Claire in, in previous years, who was just elite. Um, mm-hmm. I get to work with many goalkeepers like that many very often, and it's and it's a joy when I get to. But I I do you know part of coaching is helping your players create you know realistic and process oriented goals, and so mm-hmm. um, you know the, one of the best ways that I can challenge Cam is to help the goalkeepers behind her develop goals that are designed to for them to actually try and win the, the starting spot. I want them to fight for a starting spot. I do mm-hmm. not to be easy for Cam. I you know, I need her to feel challenged. She's mm-hmm. one of the people that's very intrinsically motivated and does a great job. She she nerds out about the game. I call mm-hmm. her a soccer nerd all the time and she just laughs because she knows it's true. Um, but it is it's one of those things where I'm I'm continually meeting with the goalkeepers on a weekly basis just be like, "All right, how was this week? What do we learn from it? What's next?" Mm-hmm. Um, are, is your vision for your for your collegiate career? Are we on the train tracks that lead toward the the, the ultimate vision you have for your mm-hmm. collegiate for your collegiate collegiate playing career? And those meetings are, you know, honesty is is a huge part of what we talk about. So Soph and I this past year have had to talk about you are now a division one goalkeeper and you gotta you gotta train harder than you've ever trained. And as soon as you think that you've reached a level, that's your new standard. And yep. now we push it again, you know? And so um, it's interesting. Sometimes it, early on in my goalkeeper coaching career, it felt like I was keeping secrets from other goalkeepers, mm. you know? But I'm just meeting with with a goalkeeper, challenging them to be a better version of themselves. I'm meeting with the next goalkeeper, challenging them to be a better version of themselves. I meet with all three of them, and I I, I know how to motivate them and push buttons and challenge them as a unit and as and as individuals. So it's a delicate balance, and mm-hmm. and, and it's fun because they all know that's going on in the background. I don't I don't you know it's it's each one of them is getting all of me that I have to offer them mm-hmm. you know? yeah. uh, because I'm expecting them to give me all of them that they have to offer the game. Yeah. See, one of the most interesting things, and I kind of want your take on this one right here, is that you are obviously in a position where, where you have such strong influence over so many people. Yeah. You know, you're you're helping really kind of develop these these players and and it extends really beyond soccer. And I think right. that's one of the most admirable things that I, I kind of I feel that with you, I feel that with Coach Chris. But yeah. everybody's gonna be a little bit different. The personalities are gonna be different, you know, the way they approach you. You, there's there's just subtle dif- differences that you need to take in consideration. How are you kind of able to handle that as a coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, great question, great insight. Again, like the way I I describe it is, coaching is an art and it's a science. You know, mm-hmm. so there's there's the science of programming a training session with periodization in mind. You know, there's you know how do we how do we help our team become better at moving the ball through the mid midfield? You know, there's mm-hmm. there's very specific exercises that we can do depending on our training cycle that will help us get better at that for the mm-hmm. upcoming or for maybe just a general need that the team has. And so that's very kind of science minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's session design, it's periodization, it is building a, a, a an environment that that runs well but then there's the art of of coaching and that's that you, you can't really put your finger on it you know mm-hmm. like that is that's the feel that's why did i respond at that given moment to that player and not the same way five minutes later you know and and mm-hmm. you know why did i see a, a coaching a, a moment where i could have given a coaching moment but instead decided to step back and just see how they solve it themselves and mm-hmm. and it's so important for young coaches 
to see their craft as both an art and a science, you know, is, is because there's a level of um, subjectiveness there, I guess, if that makes sense in the art side of it, you know, like it's hard. You can't really put your finger on it. That again, that's, I consistently come back to the word balance. Cause I will have a session where I'm like, dude, I just did a terrible job. <laughs> I, didn't, I was not prepared. I was not in the zone. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow is a fresh start. I'm going to freaking crush it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get back to the basics. I'm going to get back to really good session design. I'm going to make sure that I check in with my players and I'm in tune with their personal needs as you know, while also asking, you know, really challenging telling, telling them or asking them to really challenge themselves. And, and so it's just that, that balance, you have to be able to give yourself bad days and, and you have to really hope, like you have to really design the the good days, but question. Yeah, those- I, totally, I totally agree with you, Jake, cause I, I'm a teacher. So I teach yeah. second grade and, and you have days where you're like, Holy cow. Well, I totally screwed that, that up. And you just go back and you say, Hey guys, I, I didn't do very well, you know? And, oh and, and it's a teaching moment for yourself, but it's a teaching moment for them to be able to realize that, Hey, this adult made it a mistake they owned up to it Mm -hmm. and we're moving on Mm -hmm. um so totally totally agree with you you know one thing that i think is something that you do a great job of like i love the videos that you guys do it looks so (laughs) much fun Uh, i just want to like go up there and be like hey uh i'm next Um, (laughs) but there's a focus to every drill that you do and you guys are constantly moving constantly doing something you know do you guys make those up what goes into that process yeah so my my goalkeeper coaching um philosophy and and my kind of my methodology behind it has um kind of similar to chris there's there's kind of a mad scientist approach to some of these things um which is a ton of fun because it's it's there's a lot of coaching that's that's theoretical and personal and so for me i've kind of broken my my coaching set my, my training sessions into two types there's there's training mm-hmm. sessions and and training sessions have a theme behind them and i want to see if the goalkeepers can respond effectively in the midst of chaos mm-hmm. and so when i say we're having a training session the goalkeepers come out and they know there's going to be rebounders and ladders and mannequins and hurdles and things that we're rolling under and jumping over and there's going to be pads that one free goalkeeper is going to be pushing against the other one you know the training sessions are chaos and it doesn't look a lot like the game, um, but it, there is a theme there. I want I want them to be getting better at something. Um, so maybe that theme is is movement, and um, and we bring in every other aspect of goalkeeping: distribution, high ball moments, basic handling, positioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the theme is is movement. And then I have coaching sessions. And so when I when I tell the goalkeepers that we have coaching sessions, I they will come out to a session to the field, and there will be very little equipment. And what my goal is inside of a coaching session is to create the picture that I want the goalkeepers to learn about. And and so because the game involves no mannequins and no cones and no rebounders and no ladders, in coaching sessions, I want them thinking about about what the topic is, right? As constantly. That's all I want them thinking about. And so the way that the ball is served will look like the moment that should look like the moment that I want them observing or thinking about. And so if we're looking at um, positioning, you know, ball line and angle arc is kind of the, the two coaching cues that I talk about a lot and protecting the space, protecting the area and protecting the goal. Those are those are how we kind of hier- hierarchically, that's not the word, how we kind of prioritize, <laughs> there we go, how we prioritize places that we protect. And so in a coaching session that's positional based um, about in regards to the goal goalkeeper's positioning. Um, there will be very little equipment there and I'll have the goalkeeper all the way up to half and back into their 18 yard box and then back mm-hmm. and forth with their goal and any particular 
task or skill that I want them to get better at um, is designed around that particular topic. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a interesting approach that, that I've talked to a lot of other goalkeeper coaches about and seems to be fun. You know, I, I, there's a, a perfect video of a goalkeeper standing in front of his car, trying to keep his friends from hitting his car with their soccer balls. Right. Mm-hmm. So that would, I would categorize that as a training session because the guy's mm-hmm. diving all over the place trying to protect his car. <laughs> Yeah. It's not realistic to the game. You're not going to be trying to save a car in an actual game. Yeah. But there's also nothing wrong with the session because the guy's diving around, having a good time. And the theme of the session would be diving and shot stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's a good it's a good training session. But then there's then there's co- the, the coaching sessions are honestly what's what's really really where the, where the learning takes place. One of the ways I describe it to the players is in a training session I'm Coach Jay. In a in a coaching session I'm Teacher Jay. Before a coaching session, we'll often have film. We'll often and look at some pictures of, of past goalkeepers, of other professional goalkeepers, how they respond to it. And so that's a really long answer to when you see those videos. Absolutely, there's there's a there's a theme and a and a and a purpose behind each one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one last thing that I'll add to that is is during preseason, the goalkeepers go through 14 sessions that are designed to teach them the entire position of goalkeeping as best as I personally can teach it. There's a lot of people who could do a better job, but I enjoy it this way. And um, at the end of those 14 sessions is also at the time of the season where we begin playing teams. So after those 14 sessions, hopefully we're all on the same page with vocabulary. We're all on the same page with game moments. We're all on the same page with standards and expectations. And then at the end of those 14 sessions, we can shift gears over towards thinking about, okay, who's our next opponent? Okay. It's pit. Mm. We play the ball in behind. Let's revisit those 14 sessions. Which one of those 14 sessions will help us most prepare for pit? So at that time, it's all it's it is every piece of it is just review. And and Adam, like you said, you're you're a teacher, and I I got all of this from again kind of my own crazy science you know, mad scientist brain, but also oh, yeah. my, my master's is in sport coaching and it's an education mm-hmm. college, college professors and, and high school teachers and middle school teachers have been following curriculum forever. Mm-hmm. Coaching and teaching is one of the oldest professions of all time. They got it pretty, pretty good down. You know, they, they're, they're pretty good at it at this point. So why not approach coaching in the same way as teaching? You know, so yeah, I exactly. curriculum and then I, then I'm flexible out of that curriculum over time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I've but, got, I've got, I've got, before Angel asked the question, I've got a, awesome like donation kind of idea for you for you guys to create money for soccer i know i would uh but you guys you guys have people that come in there that want to be coached like through these drills and they have to pay a certain amount of money yeah man that 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 would be fun but yet bring money to the program i think that would be i I would i would totally do it yeah yeah that'd be kind of cool man yeah, yeah. Dra- kind of helps sponsor it too. Bring some. That's what she says, and you're rolling, dude. You're uh-huh. rolling. There, yeah. you go, there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, works is one of the big sponsors. I love it. There you, there you go. go, bro. There you go. Yeah. Hey, no, man. You know, I'm just kind of curious, just being able to hear that right there. Uh, again, Adam did an awesome job. And kind of player through just conversations. She said a couple different things. She says he's the type of coach that really helps us bring out our best competitive beer, but mm-hmm. also does a really good job of keeping it lighthearted. You know. Yeah. You know, cracking jokes here and there, I guess, you know, how, you know, for me personally, it was strictly business, no jokes, 
no games. How do you think, I guess, you're able to do that and also keep a lightheartedness to it? Yeah, yeah. Great compliment from Claire. I appreciate that from her. Yeah, no, she's good, yeah. You know, I, at the end of the day, like, I, I, I'm a, a big part of my coaching philosophy is that I'm a human you're a human. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be human. You know, yeah. and um, a lot of a lot of coaches, I think, are kind of uncomfortable with that because mm-hmm. there is this. You know, yes, we have a task, and winning is important. You know, those are those are those are. It's very important. I will never lose my desire to to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and and everything we do is to to create a one percent improvement. But um, I do think at the end of the day, like everybody's hungry to be human. You know, yeah. like and 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 humans are goofy and and like you know I I, I wear goofy socks half the time yeah <laughs> and, and you can't take yourself too seriously and you know if if i ever felt like that was starting to get in the way of respect or get in the way of the environment then i would make some changes that that mm-hmm. um you know because like recently I've, I've started coaching some of the young the local youth and i can tell that that there are some aspects of my uh lighthearted goofiness that they as young athletes don't yet understand and don't mm-hmm take advantage of and all of a sudden the sessions turn into could turn into a little bit of a of a of a fairground you know? yeah disaster right there yeah. yeah exactly exactly and so i i totally get why why coaching has to be strict and, and designed and structured um but if your environment is already super competitive mm-hmm. um and naturally competitive and everybody's fighting for a position then then that task of my coaching job to create a focused environment i can kind of put on the backside and and bring back to the forefront the the human element you know yeah. so there are some times that this this year I've, I've had to talk with with some of my goalkeepers like hey like sometimes you zone out let's 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 keep it real and sometimes yeah. you zone out and you're a division one athlete and I'm sorry but we can't do that yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're like that just doesn't exist here yep. And, yeah. and the system, you know, like, so early on in the season, we kind of taper, we, we start with that, with that big high level focus and, mm-hmm. you know, let's have fun. We love this. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm playing soccer in Missoula, Montana with all my best friends. Yeah, like, exactly. so cool. I'll not have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's, <clears throat> that's such an interesting good question, dude. Like it's kind of yeah. a whole lot of, whole lot of thoughts, but yeah, yeah. Well, like I'm a human year. And let's 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 have a good time. Yeah. As long as I trust that you're working your hardest, and as long as you yeah. trust that I'm working my hardest, then we're kind of in a cool spot. Like let's let's see if we can keep it lighthearted while also you know sweating. Yeah, and that's uh, that that's definitely something she she kind of admitted. She said she's really good about doing that. Yeah, uh, she was even telling us that you you had some sessions where you were training in the indoor facility. I think she said indoor facility that yeah. ran from like seven o'clock to eight o'clock. But then you found out that there was like a local lady walking her dogs around, <laughs> you know, right around that eight o'clock time. So you would intentionally make sure you, you end up practice every day like on a certain like dot in order to go outside and just pet the dogs, man. With this obsession with dogs you have, man. Oh God, I've always loved you gotta dogs. love them. Yeah, yeah. They're so happy. They don't yeah. care about anything except for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, so awesome. Yeah, it is true. Like we we would always like, I'd look at the clock and be like, all right, I know this lady's walking her two golden doodles or golden retriever puppies uh-huh. around eight, eight fifteen. We got to be out of here. Sorry guys. We, you know, so you know, we, we prioritize the the training and we work our butts off and we, yeah. um, you know, super, super proud of them. But at, this, at the end of the day, every, every player wants to see that their coach is a human being. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what that omits right there. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm a dude who wears goofy socks and loves dogs. 
you know like how more human can you get yes right (laughs) i geek out about uh soccer and about coaching and and getting outside and you know it's yeah it's it's really important to to you know it it can't be like I i think it's important for for me to say and for young coaches to understand like it can't always be that way there are times where i read the room and say all right i'm i'm full coach jay here and yeah. dress the part, act the part. I got to, you know, really be on top of things. Um, I got to set a good example. That's huge. Are you setting a good example? But then also read the room that you've, that you've built the rapport with the people that you're around that you can, you know, just kind of show your human side. So well, you got to be, you got to be approachable as a coach too. Your players are going to go through things that you've gone through. If you're not approachable, you can't help them yes. teach them. Yeah. So. How can I ask them to be a better person if they don't know the work I've done to be a yeah. better person? And you know? if I'm being honest, I think there's a, there's a little bit of that lack when it comes to football specifically. I'm, I'm just re- relating to yeah. my experience, but you know what? I, I, I think I really struggled. I don't know what I was so scared of looking back at it, you know, being able to approach my coach with a certain situation or certain thought process of, Hey, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling here. Do you have any advice for me? You know what I mean? And it's kind of interesting to see that, Hey, you know what, that there's, there's coaches that take on the responsibility because it's an element to the game, whether you know it or not being able to be approachable and having your players come up to you, one that builds some type of foundation and it builds trust and it feels, you know, understanding to let you know that, hey, I've been in your shoes before. And l- let me give you a piece of advice that may that may point you in the right direction. You make your own choices, but maybe that insight might help provide some direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, Super it's, interesting. Yes. It's, you know, there's there's a reason we love a time when, when someone like a, a, a celebrity or anybody just really, truly gets humanized because we yeah. want to play. You know, it's the, yeah. power, it's the power of relating to people. Yeah. And you know what? Have, have you seen the show Hot Ones where they do like the spicy yes. challenge? Sure. I mean, yes. I'm so glad we're not doing that right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I spicy food. I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> I still love that show. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I've, I've, I think it's so great. It's the most human we see celebrities ever. Yeah. Like, we'll just literally eat it up. You know, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. And so coaching is like that. And I, and I appreciate you sharing that about football. I think that there's a lot, I mean, soccer does it too, man. I, yeah. I've been a part of a lot of teams where the coach is adamant about not being relatable, you know? Mm. And, and I think that's, I think that's on its way out personally in the coaching world. I think, I think so of, too. You know, I think there's a lot of cool growth in the coaching world. It's like, Oh wow. We do get to help people be better people, yeah, not yeah. just be better athletes. And, you know, I'm again, I'm reading Pete Carroll's book and I'm like, man, he cares about the human first and foremost. You know, winning is so important. I will always, always do everything I can to win. Mm-hmm. But I can be a good person and try and win. Yeah. And, hey, do you have a, do you have any dogs, man? Do you have personally? Oh, I don't. Oh, it's, man. What would be the perfect dog? What type, of, type of dog? I, all right. So this is, this is, I want a golden retriever cult. Wow. I want a golden retriever named Steve. That's what I want. Steve. <laughs> I want, Why I want, Steve? I don't know. <laughs> I just think it'd be so cool to like, be driving around me and Steve. Yeah. One of my best friends um, got a dog. I don't, I forgot what type of dog it was, um, but he named it Scott because of the offense awesome oh my gosh yes yeah. that's the yeah. only reason why he why, why he, when he got the dog he's like his name's scott and i was like oh that's pretty funny he's still seriously what's the dog's name he's like oh i'm not playing bro it's scott <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's cool man I, I, yeah i had a, i had a roommate in college who wanted to he had like a dog named marshmallow and muffin and yeah and i just like it was at that moment that i was like nah dogs dogs yeah. dogs deserve more 
They deserve yeah, yeah. more, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The part of well, the family I have a... should have a human name. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. If I love you more than I love most humans, so I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel you on that because I have a golden retriever. So, uh, so she's she she is amazing. She's yeah. so smart, and they're the best dog family dog. And then I have the hellion that's huge. She's a Newfoundland Great Pyrenees mix, and she destroys but she she guards our kids like it's no other it's crazy that's awesome yeah i i live in an apartment right now where i can't have a dog which is unfortunate but also with the coaching profession it's tough Um, i had a dog right out of college and i had to rehome it and and that was a really good moment for me to learn like okay get a dog maybe limit my coaching profession honestly Mm -hmm. if i want to dog parent or don't have a dog and just pet everybody else's dog so there you go there you go <laughs> so you know jake what makes an athlete a goalkeeper what a question um yeah i what does make a goalkeeper because <laughs> um, you've got you've got athletes that are really really good athletes but there, there's got to be an instinctual aspect to it there's got to be mm-hmm. a reflex aspect to it to make you a, a good goalkeeper yeah 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 so you know i the, the modern day goalkeeper is kind of a term people throw around a lot right now and and it's kind of this arbitrary uh term that just kind of makes makes people sound like they know what they're talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> so ultimately though the way the goalkeeping position is changing and evolving is the goalkeeper is engaged with every every moment of the game constantly engaged you know that the, the way i tell people that i kind of get this across is when i grew up most goalkeepers you had you had the roly-poly goalie you know kind of staying in the back and and nope. some some crazy awesome shot stoppers but they just stayed in the back like that was their yeah. job mm-hmm. today's goalkeeper is much more like an american ninja warrior you know you just don't know <laughs> you gotta train for everything can happen yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I do have have a list of of technical, tactical, physical, mental, and social uh, things that are like most important to me. But at the same time, I think that a goalkeeper does need to have a unique identity to them. You know, so so technically, I have have them here. So this is not from my brain. This is this is kind of from my from my goalkeeping document. But I, I need my goalkeepers to have outstanding movement, distribution, and basic handling. That's that's the tactical side of the game. Um, and I need them to make the big save in the big save moments. Mm-hmm. Tactically, I expect him to understand all five phases of the game um, and to be able to communicate those well. Um, physically, you got to be powerful, agile, coordinated, and conditioned. Like that's you just have to be. Sorry, you yeah. no no questions. You also have to be ready to be to to live up to the demands of a Division One athlete and a goalkeeper. Those are two different things. Yeah. 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 Any Division One athlete, any collegiate athlete, I want to, I want to really spread the love. Like, if you're a collegiate athlete, you're you're working your butt off, you know, and yeah. like you really are. And now you're a goalkeeper, and I'm asking you to complete, you know, twelve front smothers and five power dives within a minute of fitness, you know. And that's part of the physical side. You know, the the mental side is is a, a word I use all the time is soft focus. You know, so it's got to be focused, but not so focused that you're tense in the shoulders. You know, so mm-hmm. soft. You'll, you'll see this kind of pregame confidence that I just love. I just I, when I see the goalkeepers in pregame, and I, I know when they're in that zone. Another part of the mental game is is skillfully recognizing and navigating the emotions that you experience. You know, and whether those are real challenges or perceived challenges, I want my goalkeepers being able to be like, okay, I'm nervous. Well, I'm nervous because I care. Awesome. I'm now in the zone, and let's go. You know. Mm-hmm. 
okay, I just got scored on and it's all my fault. Okay, next rep. It all, all yeah. the thing that matters is what, what happens next. You Do know, you think your your goalkeeper has to be the leader of your team, like the captain? Uh, leadership is one of our one of our goalkeeper core values. Uh, it doesn't have to be the captain. Um, and leadership okay. takes different shapes and sizes. You know, like I, I love a, a leader who is purely designed or purely leading out of out of example. You know, they, and, and when they speak, people listen, you know, Claire Howard was, was, was ready to give really, and she had earned everybody's respect over, over time. And, and she, she was the first one to do all the work, you know, she yeah. worked harder than anybody and she loved that. And so uh, she was a very natural leader and thrived in, in the leadership roles that we gave her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that kind of brings me to the, to the social aspect. I want the goalkeeper. One of the, one of the criteria for a goalkeeper is you must be an integral and connected member of the team. You know, you cannot like gone are the days where the goalkeeper just stands in the back and stands by their bag with the other goalkeeper and drinks their own water bottle. And, you know, like whatever, like stands by themselves or, or removes themselves from the team coaching or the team talking points. The goalkeeper is in every single moment because we need to know about the attacking phase. We need to know about the transition phases. We need to know about set pieces. We need to know know about the defending phases. We need to be able to communicate it. You know, I, I, there is a striking, there's a surprising amount of coaches in the in that i run into who all have goalkeeping backgrounds and it's because because the goalkeeper is seeing everything and is coaching the field constantly and you know it's it's um, again i'm really i always stress the point it's not special it doesn't make us special but it does it does lend a hand to a unique and early understanding of the game because you got to see it and you got to communicate it and if you do that well your team benefits Mm -hmm. so as a coach you know coach uh jay you've been to probably a lot of places Mm -hmm. um favorite place and favorite food oh god your question (laughs) this is not my favorite place Greeley, colorado is not my favorite place um, I'll be very clear about that. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of respect for them. I coach for them. So I like I I want to shout out to the team that that helped me get my start. Timberera is awesome, but Greeley, Colorado is not my spot. But um, Pellegrini's is a little Italian restaurant run by Carlo, and he may, he is a good friend of mine, and like he texts mm-hmm. me on a regular basis, and like he and I connect, and his food is amazing. Mm-hmm. Really? If, uh, yeah, Are you yeah. just plugging your front right now? You- oh, yeah, I am. It's famous, dude. But also, like, like it's because his food is so good. And then he like brought us everything we needed when we went there. And then he like he we gave him a Montana um, scarf, yeah. and he wore it at their game. Oh and, no! <laughs> and he is like such a homie. He loves he loves Montana soccer, and he's he's a he's a like a, a an actual um, like sponsored member of northern colorado's athletics That's crazy. yeah, I know. Okay. yeah. Uh, well his food i saw the food question and immediately thought of carlo and, and pellegrini um, but favorite place, man, good. That's, that's tough. It's, it's all the, op- I mean, honestly, it's cheesy, but Missoula, like <laughs> I love Missoula. Um, if I had to pick a place though, I think that we went and played Cal Poly that, that beach time was really great. You know? Oh, I mean, yeah. I like, yeah. I love, I love vacationing at a beach and I love to live in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Do you miss, uh, do you miss t- Tennessee at all? I do. I do. Yeah. Um, I miss my friends and my family a lot. You know, yeah. um, do, do they come out to games pretty often? Or um, do you yeah. See yeah. Yeah. They, they, my, my parents will, will get out here probably once a year. My best friend's been out a few times or once and, and a few other friends have, have been out, which feels really great. And, um, and I love that. But um, as far as missing like Nashville's changed so much, it's, mm-hmm. 
kind of we call it Nash Vegas now. It's one of those places that like when I when I leave Nashville, I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I go home and I spend time with my friends and family, I feel great. You know, they're they're yeah. so many people and I love them to death. But when I am in Nashville itself, it's like, oh, this is not the same place I grew up. And it is kind of uh it's just changed so much. So Nashville's cool. I, I encourage everybody to go visit. Yeah. You know? And you know, I think that's super interesting because not only has a place changed, but I'm sure you've changed as 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 a man and as a coach as well. And one of the questions that Coach C wanted wanted us to ask you was, how have you changed since you came to Montana and you can't say your facial hair? Yeah, man, that's a great. Um, I think that a big part of my change has been the identity of that I have taken on as a yeah. true coach. You know, the the identity that we take on is has a massive Im- impact on how we act you know like the way i sleep eat and exercise is influenced by my identity as the associate head coach of the women's soccer program at the university of montana mm. i want to be healthy mentally and physically i want to be um a good person in public uh if i'm asking the players to be kind to others then i better be kind to others you know and mm. so the i think before montana uh, at vanderbilt i was a volunteer at at northern colorado i was a part-time assistant and so both of those places were really important for my ladder in, in my in my in my coaching career uh, but here I, I came in as the assistant. I was promoted to the associate head coach and it was kind of like, this is, you've done it, dude. Like <laughs> you've mm-hmm. set this goal for yourself and you've worked your butt off both in the classroom and on the soccer field and, uh, done a lot of personal work. Um, I have a lot of incredible friends who encourage and support me. And so that, that identity shift, I think is one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, I'm Jay Lanham, the associate head coach at the university of Montana. You know, I don't not there's, there's not much else that I would describe myself as. Any other goals that you want to accomplish? Yeah, that's um I I mean the the head coaching route is is there in the future um you know i think that 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 move it makes sense and i it also takes time um and a lot of coaches rush it uh a lot of coaches uh jump into it and i'm really really fortunate to have such a close relationship with chris that he tells me the ins and outs of what it's like the 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 joys and the sorrows you know the 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 building of a program is is so exciting and invigorating and then there's those lonely times where the buck stops at you you know like it's 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 your fault (laughs) those are some things that i'm really stoked about and not quite ready for so please (laughs) you know i have a lot of um respect for and i've learned so much for the models kind of the scaffolding or the or the skeleton that chris Mm -hmm. has put there inside of the Montana program. It doesn't run itself, but it runs really well. Yeah. And and a lot of that is because we have a recruiting philosophy. We have a, a periodization model. We have a coaching model. You know, we have a, a, a session plan. We have a way that the spring works and the fall works. We have summer camps are, are organized. We go right into a folder and, and we send out the emails that, you know, is the first one there and then the second one there and then camps full. And then we go through, you know, everything has a model and a structure to it that helps it run smoothly. And it's taken a long time to to develop those models and now that we have them developed we're like all right well let's upgrade them mm-hmm. <laughs> make it better you know so there's you never ever ever stop yeah. trying to improve yeah um, which is part of the addiction to coaching is like if you really love it it's like oh my god i'm so much better than i was a year ago can't wait till next year yeah and it's been yeah, there's a pride in a pride associated with something like that because you've worked so hard to do it and i think one of the most admirable things is that you said i i, I wake up with that purpose you know mm-hmm. everything i eat 
is as you know the associate head of coach of yes. the women's soccer program. You know, there's that I- identity there, man. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things because I think that's one of the hardest things to do, especially yeah. once you finish up that kind of the whole realm of being a player and start transitioning to okay, what else am I good at? Mm-hmm. What else can I? Yeah. Do? Where is my purpose? You know. And I think so. That's one of the coolest things when you hear these conversations. Says, "Hey, this is my role, and I know it." Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 And and what's funny about that that you that you say that is it is my role. It is my purpose. And like I've always been very proud of being good at work. You know, mm-hmm. like I, like I grew up on a farm, so it was it was chopping wood and you know running fence and everything. Like yeah. I just really enjoyed that hard labor, that good work. My my job in in high school was construction on top of all my soccer stuff. Um, and when I had that apartment leasing job, I was bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was not yeah. good at that job, and I always prided myself in being good at my work. Uh-huh. And so, and I'm 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 a good goalkeeper coach. I'm a good team coach i love yeah. coach field players just like i love coaching the, the soccer players the, yeah. the, the keepers and so like you're you're spot on that it's there's like this crazy energy that comes from doing what you love to do mm-hmm. and doing what you love to do over time becomes your identity if, yeah. you, if you really really pursue it and and try and hone in on your craft and you said you said that obviously you know the head coach you know game mm-hmm. is probably there down the road mm-hmm. you know do you have a preference do you have are you gravitating towards either the men's side or the women's side or, or what yeah. are you thinking there yeah good question um i love the women's side i really love coaching on the women's side it's mm-hmm. uh, the men's side i think is what i idolize i just you know i always want to answer these questions really honestly like i did want to pursue the men's side for a while that's why mm-hmm. one, that's one of the reasons the belmont job did look good to me because it was on the men's side uh but over time i've just i've first i've seen that there genuinely is a need to yeah. play a small role in helping to develop women in the future. Like we yeah. need strong women who believe in themselves. Like that's, um, that's so important. Um, and then I think, you know, another, another piece of that is on the men's side, it's, you know, this is a, a vast understatement or what's the word for it? Kind of generalization. You know, mm-hmm. when I, when I was playing, I, the like, guys would show up to the game that I would play with and I wouldn't know their name, but we were putting on the same Jersey. So let's just go beat the bad guys together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so guys just need a team to beat and women need people to win with, you know, mm, that's so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, again, I, I, some of the, some of the women on our team would roll their eyes because all, they are so freaking competitive. It is <laughs> they will not talk to their roommate if their roommate was on the blue team and they were on the yellow team. <laughs> you know, like they'll, they'll be like, I'll talk to you later. So they are yeah. so like it doesn't take anything away from the competitiveness. But what's beautiful about coaching on the women's side that's enjoyable as a coach is the challenge of creating culture and the challenge of, of, of building relationships between players so that that intrinsic motivation is heightened. You know, some for I know for me as a guy, sometimes I just want to I just want to play my best to show off for myself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, no, 100%. And there's we're nothing selfish. Men, and, yeah, men, as men we're selfish, yeah. We are. Yeah, we we want to like this is this is my show. Everybody's here to watch me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so um, you know, but then then you look at at Pep Guardiola at City and Klopp at Liverpool and these are two great coaches who have harnessed the competitiveness and the culture of their teams. Like like I take nothing away from the potential of a men's team having incredible culture but on the women's side of the game i've been so impressed and and have and have so enjoyed the impact of being around women who are vulnerable with each other who are honest about their strengths and their weaknesses mm-hmm. who who 
want to be good members of society. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to like have, have at this point in my coaching career, seen a pretty strong difference between the two. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the, the, so for a, an important part of that answer for me is to highlight that the difference in play has nothing to do with my decision. Mm -hmm. You know, like the men's side is faster. The men's side is the ball is struck farther the 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 you know some of the skill gap is is higher it's it's um it's but on the women's side that that incredible cultural and like that cultural environment that willingness to grow and learn and improve as a team as individuals is just really inspiring to me as a man oh yeah 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, are you a big pep talk guy or a slogan guy? Um, I'm kind of both. Um, you know, I think they're helpful. You know, I think that that um, that little tiny things can said over time can become good habits. Yeah. You know, and and they're important. But I don't. Chris and Ashley would would laugh at me and conf often did because I am. I don't really believe in superstitions. I have I have patterns that I like. You know, I wanna mm -hmm. I wanna feel like I'm well fed. I wanna feel like all my gear fits. Like but left boot on before a right boot or shin guard on or anything like that gum before the game like yeah <laughs> me because it's within my own control yeah. if, I have, if i have prepared up to this point then why should i why would i let anything come into my mind that does yeah. um that potentially throws yeah me it's out. kind of a funny thing to think about hon that like all right man i have to make sure i have a piece of gum before the game or i'm going to lose the game yes you know? like yes all the hard yes. work and everything you've put in means nothing unless you have that piece of gum. you know it's just <laughs> yeah. a weird thought to think about but there's so yeah. many people that are like yeah. that and I hate to say that for a certain point, I was like that too. And then I realized that same thing. I said, it doesn't matter. I worked so damn hard to get here. Why am I going to let, uh, you know, maybe having an extra glass of water dictate whether we win the game? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing's going to throw me out of my game. I'm going to have my routines, but none of them, uh, I miss a routine and, you know, so be it. Like yeah. I still, I still have this skill and knowledge within my human body and I'm going to use it as best as I can. And so, you know, that's kind of a, a long answer to, to slogans and pregame talks and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love to, I love to hype them up. I love to, yeah. you know, add like, y'all have worked so hard for this. Like, let's take a moment to think about why we're here. We're here yeah. because, because we deserve to be here, you know, especially when it's a big game. Like yeah. it's not an accident that, that the university of Montana is playing in its second national uh, tournament game in two years. You know, you yeah. all have been here and, and put in this work. And so I love adding the perspective of, 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 you know, why are we here and you deserve this now have fun and get out yeah. there, and work your ass off. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also, at the same time, as soon as those air on the side of superstitions, I kind of I'm like, Oh, maybe I need to take a break from that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. My favorite yeah. coach is John Wooden. And I, I just love, you know, the little, little intricacies of, of what he says. Do you yeah. have a, do you have a favorite uh, coach that you kind of follow and, and get things from? Yeah, I think, I think Pep Guardiola would be my, would be my, my go-to guy uh, with, with Man City. I was, which is terrible because I'm a Manchester United fan. Oh. <laughs> I, I, you know, I love, I'm one of those fans that's like, I've loved Manchester United since I was eight. I, and so I've loved them always, but I also just love really good soccer. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The way City is playing the game right now is, is, is with, along with Liverpool is better than anybody else in the world. And a lot of that has to do with how intent and how passionate Pep Guardiola is for the human being and for the sport of soccer. You know, he, he loves theory and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, you know, there are the, the hard sciences of tactics in a game, but, mm -hmm. but he's got a 
afraid to try new things. He's not afraid for a player to have some individual flair in a moment. And Pep Guardiola loves the team that he is working with, you know? So, so right now that's City and he's, and he's, just so you know he did that with Bayern Munich he did that with with uh Barcelona and I really admire that a lot of coaches kind of wait for their you know they they feel like they only have enough room in in their heart for like one team sometimes mm-hmm. you know and and I just really respect the way Pep Guardiola has has loved every team he's coached and he really values the other teams like there's you you watch him on the sideline and he's cutting up with the other team's players you know yeah. he knows that it's it's one of one of the sports that I take a lot from also is rugby yeah there's this massive amount of respect like I have worked my ass off you've worked your ass off now let's compete exactly. and you know they're not bringing outside drama or ego into it it's just purely, you're a professional. I'm a professional. This is why we do what we do. Let's compete. I just knocked you down. I'm going to help you get up. Have game. you ever implemented any type of like rug theory into the game of soccer? Because I know for us specifically, it's yeah. super interesting because we, we play long and short. You know, they yes. play sideline side to sideline, yes. which I think we're starting to develop that understanding that, hey, we don't got to go, you know, forwards and backwards. We can utilize the whole field in order to take advantage of angles and such sorts. Have you as a coach been able to implement anything or take anything from that game? Yeah, yeah. I, I study a lot of – so soccer is an invasion sport. And yeah. so is football. So is basketball. Um, so is hockey. But But rugby is the ultimate invasion sport. You have, a, you, have a, you have a lot of guys who are trying to invade a space while defending another space. And the rules are simple. They don't look simple, but once you understand them, they're, they're pretty just, it's a short rule book, you know? Yeah. And, and, there's, so, and the game is refined. It hasn't changed much over the years. You know, a lot of, a lot of invasion games still need to change a lot. You know, like the, the, the last two minutes of a basketball game is, is kind of hard to watch sometimes. <laughs> it's, all like, it's super exciting at other times. Yeah. yeah. But, game is the like soccer has changes coming on you know var was a was a massive change this last three years four years and so but the game of rugby's just not changed much because it's so pure mm-hmm. and and when it comes to defending a space and attacking a space and so when i watch it i just love how long standing the tactical concepts have been around you know mm-hmm. the, the pressure and the cover the technique of a tackle and the follow up you know the like it, it's such a historic sport that and so many people love it that the coaching over time has refined it down to this really now when you watch rugby it's literally just like the best of the best versus the best of the best yeah you know? and and that's fun that's fun for me to watch so yeah watch a whole rugby match and just just kind of dissect why a certain player was able to to break through a certain gap yeah or why a certain defense is just completely dominating the opponent you know the way that they're set up over over certain spaces and anticipating certain movements so i nerd out about it yeah i watch a lot of a lot of other invasion sports just thinking about how their the end goal is completely different but mm-hmm. the, the task of protecting space and and attacking space is the same your guys's coaching dynamic you have three coaches that are unique and in, into themselves you guys are similar too you guys are fa- family oriented people yeah. oriented really focused on the whole person the whole player but you you guys also have extraordinary amounts of fun because yeah. I've seen some videos of you guys goofing off and stuff. You guys is probably the best part of, of that soccer team yeah. is the coaching dynamic that leads to everything else. Yeah. How do you breed that? How, how do you, you know, because one coaching bad move could 
just mm. take down that whole program as well. Right, right. First, thank you. That's a massive compliment. Yeah, I think that that part of it is just that, you know, again, all three of us are looking for the, it's kind of the triage effect, right? So triage your biggest area of growth and work on that area of growth. Mm -hmm. And if our lighthearted goofiness is getting in the way of getting better at that, then we'll cut that out, you know? But if we have decided that that the work that we need to do for this week is, or this, this training cycle is combination play in the midfield. And mm -hmm. we have a group of incredible players who they're like, you want us to get better at this? Okay, we're going to get better at this. You know, like yeah. our massive amount of our fun that we have on the sideline, that credit goes to the players because they're like, what do you want us to get better at it? All right, let's get better at it. Yeah. And, and yes, a big part of that is also coaches, uh, coach Chris is Chris. That's hilarious. I just called him that <laughs> uh, Chris's Chris's guidance over time, but also a massive part of that goes to Claire Howard and Alexa Coyle and mm -hmm. Taylor and Taylor Stoger, all these just, you know, Z, Kilpatrick, and, you know, all these players we have who are just like, wow, it makes sense that we learn and grow and, and improve and yeah. just know a thing or two. So I guess we will. So, you know, I think that once once you start seeing that what you've triaged to learn come out, then just positively reinforce it. Once you, with 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 compliments and with, with added layers, you know, like, awesome, you did this, now what's next? <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but there comes a moment where their players are two or three steps ahead of us. And at that point, we just get to be goobers on the sidelines celebrating mm -hmm. because they've, they've added things and movements and added flair of their own to be just to do what we're asking. And so let's, let's have a few time, a few moments of, of celebrating that and not be so strictly business that we miss out on, on an opportunity to celebrate learning, you know, cause yeah. that's all is, is let's, let's, let's teach. And then when we see that, that learning is taking place, let's have a blast with it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know? Well, and I always go back to, you know, coach uh, Izzo from Michigan state always is yeah adamant about having a team that that's player led than than coach led yeah like he kind of wants his players to kind of take over the reins look at football and that's mm -hmm. kind of there's a lot of dynamics that's kind of hard for players to kind of take over that yeah. uh is soccer more easily done to do that yeah interesting um i think i think so um, I think that for coaches, we need to be able to explain something once or in soccer, we need, I need to be able to explain something once. And then I need Cam to be able to demonstrate it. Mm -hmm. um, or, or we need the midfield, you know, the, we, we want our leaders. If we're, if we're teaching an exercise that involves all the players, goalkeepers included, then we want, once we've taught it, we want the first two or three repetitions to be handled by the leadership of the team. You know, so we want our leaders to be like, just standing in front of line be like of course i'm next like i I'm, I'm here this is my job i'm i'm first in line and if i have questions then i'll speak up and i'll ask questions like that's so important and young, young players are like i guess i know what's happening i'm out here now no if yeah. you don't understand yeah. take some ownership and, yeah. and and ask questions and, and chris and ashley and i will not yell at you if you ask questions you know mm -hmm. maybe it's our fault for not explaining it very well um if we feel like you weren't listening then there's there might be some issues there but yeah player led is 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 important that's that would go back to the word balance you know there's some practices where we just want those players to to you know what do y'all want to do awesome let's take do the round yeah yeah, exactly. What would be a fun session to do that also still has a high level of learning involved or a high level of focus involved and competition involved? And then there's other ones where we're like, hey, this is this is teaching time. Grab your notebooks, get ready for some film, take some notes, be prepared for questions, out to the soccer field, no cutting up. Players do a really good job of recognizing difference. It's kind of like how I have coaching sessions and training sessions. Uh, you know, the players also recognize when we have work to do and when if they work hard, Chris and 
and, and Ashley and I will probably just let the flow of training and the design of the training session kind of run itself. It's kind of an interesting way to answer that question. So yes, <laughs> you have to have the right players for a player led practice to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think just in general, when I start reflecting on, you know, my perspective on coaching and, you know, because I've, I've been around different types of coaches that steer all over the place where I think you guys do it so special and so different is that you guys are able to pivot your coach mm -hmm. as opposed to, I think, traditional coaches is here's here's where we're supposed to be. And mm -hmm. if somebody starts falling off track, we pull them back in as opposed to you guys is, hey, man, we'll start going this way. Well, we'll pivot if we need to, if it's the right move to make. So I think. I think it's a, it's a lot more modern and it fits into the type of people and type of players that are starting to come out of these obviously these high schools and you know programs mm -hmm. and i think it's the right way to be able to kind of go about it because the old school way of thinking it's not the same way of thinking for those players too you know they were developed yeah. different yeah. and so i think that's one of the most admirable things when i think about you guys and why i get so excited for these conversations because yeah. one i leave I leave here wanting to be a better man, you know, <laughs> first and foremost. Man, every, you, know, yeah. can, can I, you know, can I try out for a soccer team? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I love those conversations, man. So I think it's super admirable, and I think it's the right way of going about it. And I think the players really appreciate that too, which yeah. in turn provide that responsibility, not because they have to take it, but because they want to take it. Absolutely. And I think it's one of the coolest things ever, man. So it, yeah. long story short, I, I'm super, super happy to see the direction you guys are taking to the program, man. I think Riz Nation teased it too, man. And I think it's yeah. a it's it's a program that you're like, okay, they're doing it the right way. You know? Yeah, and yeah, when you yeah. can say that from 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 a fan that, you know, doesn't play soccer, I think you yeah. guys are doing the right thing, you know? Yeah. Amen. It's a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I appreciate every every bit of that. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. I I think that a massive part of it is again, it's we are human beings. Yeah. Like a soccer player is a human being. A basketball player is a human being. A, a pianist is a human being. And, you know, a, a doctor. Like we have to be treating people like human beings. And human beings have good moments and bad moments. Not just good days and bad days. We have good moments and bad moments. And, yeah. And everything in between. And so we cannot treat our players like pawns. We gotta trust them. We gotta empower them. We gotta ask them to to evolve and be better, while also understanding that some days it's really hard to do anything more than get out of bed. You know, again, mm -hmm. like I, I respect it when players are really going through hard times and they just get out of bed. Like, great job. What's next? You know, yeah. so it's it's really fun to be a part of a coaching staff that also appreciates and values the the human aspect of what we do i've always been you know taught by my parents and, and my coaches that i've had you know you find something that you love that you love to do you know it, it, it never feels like work um, yes. and, and with you guys that's what i feel like too is this isn't work for you guys because you love it do you believe that that's how every coaching position should be yeah it's so interesting like my my first response would be that i haven't felt like i've worked since i stopped being an apartment leasing agent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gen like there is a big part of me that's like you know like tomorrow morning I wake up I put on my grizz gear and I go to the office and I hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, tomorrow I also have to do a travel expense report that is not fun. Like I don't, yeah. love it, but it does help the program move forward. Yeah. And and at this time I'm at this point in my career I'm I'm pretty decent at the paperwork. Mm -hmm. You know. If, you, if I went and talked to Heather, our business admin, she would she'd be like, no, he's not very good at this work. Two or three emails later that he's finally turning it in. But, yeah. um, you know, it's it's like that side of it. Like there are unfun days, you know, but uh, or moments. Um, but it's all coaching. It's all it's all 
spending time with my, my with my favorite people doing what I love to do. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time that I'm a division one women's soccer coach and soccer is about 15% of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other 85% is again, making sure the business runs well. So it's that 15% is the best part. It's the most fun, but it is also, you just have to be flexible. You have to be prepared to to have a plan and then plan on that plan, not going to plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but just, yeah, it is, it is fun. There, there are, I'm such a believer in like the, just the, have a positive out, outlook on it. Yeah. Know, kind of Ed Lasso effect. Like, yeah, that's the, that's the, you know, the nth degree of positivity. Um, and there's, but also like, just have fun. Like we, we really yeah. are yeah. on this earth to have a good time with our friends and, and be kind to others. And so I'm now getting to do that with sports and that's really cool. You brought up Ted Lasso, man. I got to ask you a question. Yeah. That I, I had like 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 one of my favorite shows. You brought up Ted Lasso. What is the character that you kind of identify with in that show? Yeah, I really think it's Coach Beard. Okay. I, I, have, I, I currently have the Ted Lasso stash on, but, but nice. yep. in, during the season, I had, you know, the full beard going. And when we were at Creighton, some of the, uh, all the fans behind the, the uh, stands, behind our bench were, were we're like Coach Beard, Coach Beard. <laughs> and I was like, "That's a great compliment, thanks, guys." Yeah, so that I, is. I like stood there like I like Coach Beard, like in the middle of the game for a moment. Oh, that's awesome. Then I'll talk oh, to him. Oh man, I mean, just that's kept awesome. it. So I love his oh. like. He's kind, of, he's, he's kind of a problem solver. He, he tries to do a, like a little bit of keeping things grounded, but also mm-hmm. like, that idea could work, or at least could yep. be a good time. You know, like he's there's oh, yeah. like he he also has his own his own shit going on. You know, so I really respect mm-hmm. that in in the way that they filmed that, and I, I really relate to that too. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great show. Personally, like I've been getting into like diving into like sports psychology for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting. You know, how much do you learn about the psyche of a player and how much do you like put that into your coaching? Because it's a, I think right now, especially with what we're going through with the pandemic and, and, Mm -hmm. and mental health, like that's a huge aspect of sports now that people have to be in contact with. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Phenomenal question. Um, I I'm very open about my personal mental health journey. I've been in therapy for a long time and, and that, that has taken different turns at, at different times, even on medication for, for different parts of, of, of some really challenging things. And so mm-hmm. the psychology in general, it's so important to create the, the, the language and to help not just students, but everybody feel yeah. safe to discuss their feelings. You know, it doesn't make us soft. It makes us human. Again, we get back to that. But as far as like what's what's great about that aspect is it has also made me a better person, a better coach, because I I, I know how helpful those things have been for me. You know, I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm never, ever, ever going to be a player's therapist. That's not within my scope of practice, but mm-hmm. I am going to be a massive advocate for taking care of your needs, you know, listening to your body. Our bodies tell us when we need rest. Our bodies tell us when we are feeling sad or anxious. Um, that system that the body has works. And so we need to listen to it. And so I, I love first and foremost, just being a soundboard for some ways that that these whole health practices have helped me. And it should be an open invite to everybody to approach mental health in a in a way that is open and conversational and also respects boundaries it's so important mm-hmm. that, that we that we 
that we open up to it. Um, as far as sports psychology, man, I, I geek out about that stuff. <laughs> kind of a, a funny, a funny side note to sports psychology is I was a freshman in, in college. I came in and everybody was stoked about me being there and, mm-hmm. and playing really well and starting to get the starting. I was, I was, it was, looked like I was getting the starting spot. And then I just kind of tanked. I had some practices where I wasn't going well. I was so uh, in and out. I was super distracted. And so my, my parents got me these, these mental toughness tapes. They were cassette tapes. And I was like, mom, dad, these are cassette tapes. I'm not listening to these. This is the cheesiest <laughs> you've ever gotten me. You've got me some dumb stuff. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. One night I just started listening to it and it was all about imagery and it was all about navigating your high positive energy. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have four energies. We have low positive and high positive. We have low negative and high negative. And that, that high negative energy is when we're tanked. And that low negative is when we're just kind of like, I'm not feeling it today. Like this mm-hmm. is, I didn't sleep well. Me yeah. and my partner, me and my my teacher was mean. Like I, I'm just stressed. Like, and then you have that, that low positive energy energy where it's kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I feel, I feel pretty good. Like I've eaten well, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good headspace, and that's kind of where we want to live. You know, we want to live in a, in a low positive energy, just because it says low before it's still positive energy, if that makes sense. And the true professionals know how to navigate themselves from low positive to high positive, you know, high positive is when you're in the flow, like you are barely even touching the ground. You're so freaking good at what you do. You know, you're like floating across your, your sports environment and everything just eats skills easy. And that confidence is super high. So I talk with you a lot with the goalkeepers about that. We have to, we have to become skillful at navigating our mental headspace. And when you begin to recognize that it is not happenstance and it is actually a result of, of the things we've put into our body and the amount of rest we've given ourselves and to the, it's, it's our, our mental health is also relates to how we spend our time, mm-hmm. um, you know, then, then, then you start seeing athletes who really take off mm-hmm. because, because, you know, and, and that doesn't take away from having a fun college experience. Like that's yeah. what's crazy to me. Like you can still have a really good college time while prioritizing your sleep, while pri- prioritizing your, your schoolwork, while prioritizing spending time with good people, mm-hmm. you know, while doing some, some local volunteer work, like all of that is still possible. And, and it's just, just being skillful at navigating your mental space. And then also I think a really important piece of that is having grace for yourself when you mess mm-hmm. up. You know, I tell the goalkeepers all the time, like, was today a good session? I'll ask them. And sometimes the answer to that is no. And they know it and I know it. And I'm like, is tomorrow a new session? Yes. All right. Tomorrow. Let's like go eat your favorite dinner and and get some good sleep and do your homework and call mom and dad and wake up refreshed tomorrow because I can't yeah. wait back to training. Yeah, the sports psychology is is so important. And if if the, the sooner athlete, the earlier athletes can start doing strength and conditioning and sports performance movements, and the earlier athletes can start learning how to be mentally strong both in and out of sports, mm-hmm. yep. the more I'm like, come play for us. You know, yeah. like, when I always thought like th- th- that was like when I was in high school, like I always I went outside and did some per- uh, physical performance enhancing kind of like where I would have to pay and do that. Like the I think the next big thing is like the mental side of that yeah, is so- is getting oh, them, yeah. you know, you're you paying to go in and get your mental side yes. enhanced, too. So uh, it's just yeah, that, that's the new wave of, of sports now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I 
tell a lot of young players and their parents that one of the number one things that that us coaches are looking for now is consistency. Yeah. And consistency, you can even you can even not be the best player, but if you're consistent, then I know what I'm going to get and I can coach you up. Mm-hmm. And a massive part of that consistency is the head game and and yeah. is the the to being able to put yourself in a in a good place to at least perform at your best. You know, you don't have to be in the flow state all the time. That's kind of that sports psychology term for for floating around the field doing it's like so confident. I've we've all been there once or twice, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the top, top athletes, they can they can flip a switch and go there. They can flow just by just because of how well they've they've skillfully learned how to do that. Yeah. Do you think that's like the, one of the areas like, and not to throw any in uh, under the bus or anything, but like with freshmen coming in, you know, you can have a freshman that has all the physical capabilities, but the, the, the mental side of it is where a lot of people are lacking is just that mental side with it. Oh God. Yes. There's, there's so many examples of, of freshmen who come in just with an open mind. I'm just yeah. going to learn and they, they crush it. Yeah. And they, you have a lot you have a so many freshmen come in being like i gotta prove mom and dad right i gotta prove my old coach wrong i've gotta impress all my my followers i've gotta like it's yeah. not about any of that just play yeah. a sport and have fun you know yeah, like, yeah the, the freshman learning curve is is massive you know and it's and so much of it has to do with let go of all of your kind of let go of the control that you're trying to hold and mm-hmm. and take on the coaching points love that you're getting to move your body in, in a sport and, and compete, focus on the process. God, that's so huge. Focus on the process, yeah. not the outcome. Yeah. And, and over time, you're going to be a really talented goalkeeper or a really talented, talented athlete. And that may not be on your timeline. You know, that may be your senior year, but man, if you trust the process and, and, and focus on those things, then it's gonna be one hell of a senior year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, so important to, to understand those things. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. No, hundred percent, man. And I think, um, I think just looking back on it, dude, um, my personal career, it was always, I was always chasing something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was always chasing it, but be, but because I was always chasing, it never gave me a time, a time and a moment to be present with myself. Yeah. It never gave me a time and moment to realize, okay, where am I at here and now? Mm-hmm. You know, it and, and kind of like how you mentioned earlier, I was like, well, you had a bad day today. You get another one tomorrow. You're fortunate. Yeah. You're one of the lucky few that gets another one tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. in the moment I was like, no, but you don't understand. Today was so bad. It's over. Done. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? There's nothing that I can change. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I was always chasing and focused on something else. And I think yeah. that did me a disservice because it took me so long to realize it's here and now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this, it's, 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 I'm in a black room. I can't see 15 feet in front of me, but I can see my next step. You know what I mean? Yeah. And oh. I think uh, I think that's what I really need to focus on. So I guess yeah. just for people out there listening too that are players as well too, I guess what piece of advice do you have for them? I, I don't think I could say it any better than what you just said. I think mm. what, what's crazy is that it's that simple. It yeah. is literally like I think people hate that it is that simple. Yeah. Like if I wake up tomorrow and I read some of the book that I'm telling myself to read and I answer some of the emails that I need to email and I and I connect with some of the players that I need to connect with, and all these little process goal, process oriented goals that I have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have a certain amount of the book that I want to read by the end of the week. And there's nothing keeping me from doing that. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing just like a, a field player or a goalkeeper. Like there's nothing keeping you from going out and doing some of the work that you know you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and um, set a vision for yourself and 
recognize the, the steps that it takes and let go of the steps that you have misstepped in the past. Yeah. And, and just take the next step. It's, it's those process-oriented smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, <laughs> realistic, and time-bound goals. I Sometimes I'm annoyed with how simple it really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we all are, man. Process, focus on the process, set goals. You know, goal setting is one of those things that you do in like middle school and you're like, this is cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> Acronym evolved with it, SMART goals, you know? Uh-huh. And, and, but oh my God, it works. Like nope. it's, 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 it's how everything really, it's, it's that simple. Um, you know, and, and the, the path isn't simple. The, the, the trajectory of your, of anyone's given career is going to, even, even when you master that, you're still going to have bad days. Yeah. You, know, you don't, you don't master that so that you don't have bad days anymore. You master it so that you let go of the bad days mm-hmm. and, um, and you, and you move on towards the next, the next day. And the mm-hmm. next day might just be a mediocre day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but man, it's worth it when, when you, when you over time have those little indicators of being like, oh, wow, I'm improving. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I'm getting better at my head game. I'm getting better at passing. I'm getting better at receiving. I'm getting better at being in the right spot at the right time. I feel more confident. I understand this phase of play. I have really good questions to ask coach, you know, like those are, those are all cool little indicators that, that you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those yeah. positive feedback loops are really important to look for. So Jay, you know, important question. If you could pick a entrance music, what would that be? Yeah. I, I could see you, the three coaches coming out in their entrance music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wake up by arcade fire. There you go. That song just makes me want to like run around in the woods. And jump. Like, <laughs> it makes me like get out on the soccer field. It makes me just like, that is my flow. Jam. Song. Yeah. That's the yeah. jam, man. That yeah. song Go on. crazy. I will run through a wall right now. <laughs> you know, where are the dogs to pet? Like, you know, like, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's awesome. You know, facial hair. Is that your obsession, man? Because the, the coach C yeah. mentioned that. Like, you yep. mentioned the beard. You know, mm-hmm. what is next? Like, wow. we need to like start like a Twitter feed for your, your facial hair or something. Probably. I am trying right now. One of one of my friends, or actually one of our players, Zoe Transform's dad, told me how to how to better get the curl off the stash. And oh. so I'm currently that might take it to another level that I don't know if I feel good about. <laughs> um, but I might I might try a little bit. I'm over here playing with my stash. <laughs> um, um, but I the, the stash feels good right now. The the what's funny is like every single time I've done something new, it's like, there's no plan. You know, it's, yeah. it's, I, I just kind of, during the season, I stopped shaving my face. And so then I grew a beard and then towards mm-hmm. the season, I shaved half my face and now I have a mustache. Like, yeah. you know, in, in a few weeks I'll, I'll probably be stashless and, and baby face Jay again. And then mm-hmm. who knows? Like, although we're about to get into kids camp over the summer, which is that I, that's, I love that time. It's yeah. great and it's a blast, but the stash fits into coach Jay pretty well in those moments. So mm-hmm. the stash will be around for a little while. Will mm-hmm. you, you brought up the camps because like and i want to kind of promote you guys a little bit too one of your camps is already sold out right as i as i saw what are the camps that are open that people can get to and kind of apply for and and come to yeah if you go to grizz soccer camps it has all of our camps right there and if you hover over the the different dates or the the camps it'll it'll show up as as available let's see june 10th and 11th is an id camp those are a lot of fun because we have we have kids from from all over the place come into missoula for the weekend their parents just pretty much 
drop them off and we get to work with them. Really high level athletes for those for those camps. Those ID camps or identification camps are, are big prospect camps. Then we have two youth camps, June 14th through 17th, and then July 11th through the 14th. That's where Coach Jay and his bucket hat shine. You know, it's it's just like absolute chaos, but a blast. Yeah. We're just there to, to, to learn a little bit and laugh a lot there. It's, we have our, our athletes come out and, and help us out with all these camps. And then one of the most fun camps is, is our end of July. Um, well, mid, mid July camp ID camps, mm-hmm. all of our inf- incoming freshmen come to that camp yeah. and, and they stick around. They live with the, with the juniors and seniors and sophomores uh, in Missoula for two weeks before the season starts. Oh, so cool. that's kind of when like that, that gear starts turning that it's like, Oh, it's happening. Like mm-hmm. you, know, you see all in that. Yeah. All these, all these incoming freshman class kids like start showing up. They're wearing their grizz, their grizz gear with pride as they have been all summer long. And you're just kind of starting to see that the identity and the, and the uh, personality of the, of the future freshman class come out. They're also all so terrified, which is a blast. Yeah. <laughs> so scared. Like, yes, sir. No, sir. Okay. <laughs> You'll be calling me coach. Uh-huh. Man, awesome. Well, for, those of you listening out there, bring your kids, man. Yeah, Come show out a little bit. It's a good time. It's good people, man, and great opportunity, man. And what more could you ask for? You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Uh, Missoula is what facilitates. I'm, I'm a big believer that the University of Montana and the city of Missoula creates a really special place um, that just brings brings people together. It doesn't really matter what we're doing. I sure love when soccer's involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Man, I just want to say thank you. I mean, I know we yeah. we talked to you off and we asked you all these questions yeah. for the last two hours, brother. So we just really, <laughs> really, truly, on the bottom of our hearts, appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, I mean, man, from when cool. Adam started it to from when I joined, man, it's just been an absolute blast. And it, yeah. it, it gives me something to look forward to because I have these, you know, like-minded conversations and it helps yes. inspire me. You know, I think we as humans, it's natural to have those ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And when I meet like someone like Chris or someone like you, you know, it really kind of inspires me to kick it up and bring it up to that next standard, you know, because awesome. I think it relates a lot to sports. There's always that next standard that you're yeah. chasing. You're always chasing your hero, which is 24 hours of, of you tomorrow, you know what I mean? Yes. And I think I think being able to have this conversation really helps you put that way. So from the bottom of my heart, brother, thank you for coming on. And we're yeah. just really excited for you and we're proud to have you part of the program. Thank you, man. It's yeah. it's an honor. It's an honor to be with Montana. It's an honor to be with the soccer team, but it's also an honor to, to be on here with you guys. Like good questions, fun conversation, laugh a lot and yeah. talk about the stuff that we geek out about. Yeah.